You are listening to episode number one of the Let's Talk Parks with Barry Dunn podcast. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Shane Mize talk about how the city of Pflugerville wants to be the best parks and recreation agency in the country. If you're waiting until it's somewhat successful in the public sector, you've missed the mark of innovation. You've missed the mark of doing anything new. You're just doing it now because it's almost considered safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Parks. After a bit of a break, we are back and ready for this next season. Well, really the next iteration of this show. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Becky Dunlap, and I'm the host of the Let's Talk Parks podcast with Barry Dunn. If you're returning, welcome back. This show is still about how to help professionals navigate the changing landscape of parks and recreation. Thanks so much for listening and for tuning in. Now let's get into the show. I couldn't be more thrilled for this first episode to feature Shane Mize, the Director of Parks and Recreation for the city of Pflugerville, Texas. If you're not familiar with Pflugerville, it has been listed as one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. They have a population of roughly 80,000 and their parks and recreation system is made up of over 55 miles of trails and over 900,000 visits to their park system annually. Located between Austin and Round Rock, Texas, Shane talks about how their location has provided some unique opportunities. Here's a little bit more about Flickerill from Shane himself. Our residents don't feel like they have to go to Austin for a trail system. They don't have to go to Round Rock for a pool opportunity or a rec center. We have these two really strong parks departments that serve their citizens in a highly efficient, uh, incredible way, usually pretty creative and innovative. And uh, we're, we're right in the middle of it. We like that challenge and we like being next to popular agencies who have had success over the years, that didn't scare us. And high expectations he has for himself, for his team, for his department, and for the master plan, which we'll talk about soon. Shane has a track record for impacting the field as an individual and as a leader. Shane started the NRPA, Young Professional Network, and helped carry the idea to the state level. He also brought the idea of speed sessions, which you now see at the NRPA conference. He's well known in the field and for good reason. Shane talks about how his contributions are never to get him in the spotlight, but rather to keep the field accountable to its potential. You're about to hear from my colleague, Nikki Ginger, who has known Shane for over eight years. He is direct without a filter, but he's kind. So he can ask from his staff that though they're challenging and the, his entire staff is working hard, they're willing to do it because of the person that he is. He has this great leadership style that that makes people really want to succeed with him. Nikki joined the Barry Dunn team just over four months ago after being at the Chicago Park District for 13 years, most recently as the Director of Workforce Development, where she was in charge of managing training and developing the staff of over 3,000. She's an expert in staff recruitment and retention, and she is helping with the City of Flukerville Master Plan with Jason Gink, which you'll meet later in this episode. She admires Shane's leadership and his vision because he talks about how he wants to be the best parks and recreation department in the country. And he's very clear about that. Here's how he talks about that goal 
and how he energizes his team to get on board. I'm telling you, I want to do the best parks department in the country. So first of all, I think there's an intrinsic benefit to you to also being part of this team and being the group of people that got us there. All my staff knows the expectation. And so in the interview process, they know my expectations before he offers his job. And so they know we work hard and I work hard. Shane talks about what that level of expectation causes in his department. For one, it tells his staff that they need to step up. But on the flip side, they can come to him and say, hey, if we're going to get there to that next level to be the best, we need more staff or we need a bigger budget or we need to be able to experiment and try new things. And Shane talks about how he's had to continue to ask for new staff and advocate for his employees and for the value of expanding his department. We've grown from when I got here three and a half years ago, I had 23 employees full time and I had about 3.2, a little under $3.3 million budget. He now has 44 full-time employees, some of which he's still looking to hire for. But Shane talks about how the budget has increased to $9 million, and he's expecting three or four more FTEs in October. It's it's been a very concentrated effort of me every year going to council and asking for more employees than essentially every department is asking. And to build on that success by having another great special event program, having another great summer day camp program, having another great park operations team that our parks look better than they did when we got here and they're cleaner and they're better maintained. So the budget's grown, the staffing's grown, you know, the level of expectation has grown, the ability to impact the quality of life for the residents of Flingerville has grown. And that is something we take great pride in and ownership of and love to be the the stewards of that opportunity. Shane knows that with these high expectations and really just within parks and recreation in general, that there is always the threat of burnout. This job is inherently difficult because of long hours, weekends, holidays, that a lot of employees are expected to work. But Shane wants to teach his employees how to work through that and how to continue to show up for themselves, for their team, and ultimately for the community. I just want my staff to be pretty gritty and resilient. I tell my park ops guys, we have this special Bermuda blend on our sports fields. It's called Tiff Turf. And it's super resilient. It's strong. It can be roughed up over a weekend tournament and it can come back standing up Monday morning. It's a really strong Texas blend of sports grass. And I tell my staff all the time when I'm out there talking to them, I need staff that's stronger than my sports grass. I expect them to hit on a hard tournament weekend and I expect them to, to stand up Monday morning and, and clean the parks. And we have a high level expectation, but I think the autonomy of being the guys that execute on that and giving them as much praise as possible and supporting them has helped with burnout. Shane's leadership style helps with this. He describes his approach as being very output driven, as in everything that him and his team does needs to result in an outcome that is evident and worthwhile. And to overcome the risk of constant burnout, him and his team look for innovations, for the things that solve problems and save them time. We put high value on output. There's only 24 hours in a day. And I do try to maximize it, but how do you bridge that gap? Innovation. And it could be innovation through, if there's some overlay that makes it more efficient or, you know, some process or procedure or 
automation that allows you to do something um, more efficiently, it would it'd be crazy not to consider it. We look at everything we can. An example of their team looking at everything they can, they've been looking at robots for lining their fields or sports fields so it can save their staff time and their employees can get back to doing what they do best. Another example is how their employees review online sites like Yelp and Google and look at how they can improve what they do through customer feedback. And I actually have a staff member that pulls Yelp, Google, and a wedding wire for our event, our wedding event site. And they pull, they pull those numbers quarterly. And we can see if we've dipped up or down in every single part in the last quarter and any new comments are captured. So as you might be able to tell, Innovation is in Shane's bones. That's obvious, but his expectations for his staff and his team don't stop there, which is why he strategically chose his consulting partners at Barry Dunn to lead the engagement efforts for the master plan. Acting as project manager for the City of Pflugerville master plan, here's Jason Gink to tell you a little bit more about himself and why this project has been so unique. My name is Jason Gink. And I'm the practice lead for Barry Dunn Area of Parks, Recreation, and Libraries. I've enjoyed a career as a public servant for nearly 30 years. I've been really fortunate to work at different places all over the country and learn. His last career before starting at Barry Dunn was as the executive director of Parks, Recreation, and Libraries at the City of Westminster in Colorado. My role on the City of Pflugerville's Parks, Recreation, Facilities Master Plan is to serve as project managers. As Jason would tell you, the city of Pflugerville is definitely unique, not only with its name, but also in their expectations and how they want to be known. They expect a high level of service and they want us to push the envelope quite a bit. And so I'm particularly excited about this project because I tend to be attracted to projects that are really creative, certainly innovative, pushing the envelope. In fact, Jason noted that Shane's exact words were, quote, he wanted this to be the most creative and engaged master planning process the country has ever seen. He goes on to explain. I think this planning process is disrupting the traditional way of planning because it's truly flexible and catered specifically to the city of Pflugerville's needs. And in the case of the Pflugerville team, they are truly trend setters and leaders and really thought-provoking when it comes to what is the future, what is best for parks recreation. Nikki agreed that Shane's vision for this plan and how he wants to approach it is very different. So one of the most interesting things I found so far on this engagement is that Shane sets out to challenge his own thinking. He's not only looking for people to question his approach, he's actually asking them to do so. Shane literally asked for thought leaders to come together from around the country and provide feedback into the planning process and to provide their thoughts and ideas regarding the vision of the city of Flukerville and what they can offer. Jason Gink talks about how this strategy is different from what we typically see. It's not just doing benchmarking, for example. Benchmarking is very common in a planning process to look at how one organization might be performing against other similar size, similar scope to organizations, but and of course we do that, and it's always an interesting discussion to reflect on what that is, but in the case of Pflugerville, that wasn't enough. It was, hey, let's take that benchmarking, let's get a think tank together. And you know what? We don't want a think tank of just local leaders. We also like to do a think tank of regional and state leaders. Oh, and by the way, 
let's actually do a think tank of the best minds of the nation. That's just one example. And there's many instances of that throughout the team's planning process is that are really just taking the traditional services that you might expect to a whole nother level. So what is the outcome of something like this, of doing such an innovative engagement outreach strategy? Well, Jason goes on to explain that when you reach out in such a creative way, the numbers speak for themselves. The Social Pinpoint site, which we use to create a community engagement website and a place to provide updates, has over 5,000 hits and has continued to grow in engagement and interactions. But the strategies to get there are very unique as well. And so Jason explains what this engagement looked like and a genius idea that was brought to the table. We've really never seen numbers as high as they are as far as how many individuals and stakeholders we're including in our engagement for this planning process. A couple of fun things to share with you, and this was really an idea from Shane to push the envelope was to, hey, let's get a celebrity. Let's get a celebrity from the show Parks and Recreation to kick off our planning effort. And we did that. What Jason is talking about here is how they developed an outreach approach using a social tool called Cameo where you can pay celebrities to record messages for you. I had no idea that this existed, but Perd Hadley from Parks and Recreation did not disappoint. Here is a snapshot for you. It's actually an audio recording, even though the video went all over social media and almost has 10,000 views. It's over on their website and Facebook if you want to go check it out. Here's a snapshot. And hello there, everyone. Jay Jackson here, a.k.a. Purd Happily, and welcome to You Heard with Purd. We have some breaking news right now, and that news that is breaking is this right now. Pflugerville wants to hear from you as they develop a 10-year Parks and Recreation Master Plan. Your participation is very important. So go to pflugervilletx.gov backslash parks plan to learn more about it. And now that you heard, get involved. I'm Purd Happily. This example is clear that Shane is willing to take some risks, think outside of the box, and invest in a planning process that's truly unique. To be candid, Shane told us that he's not a huge fan of how typical master plans are done. When he realized that he was going to have to have one to qualify for grants, he agreed, but on his own terms. In fact, Texas Parks and Wildlife their first threshold for qualifying for grants is by completing a master plan. But here's how Shane thought about it. I just decided that we were going to do things differently and was fortunate to find a firm that I think in some ways had enough parking rec professionals on it that that made sense to them. And to be quite honest, was young enough in some of their, their philosophies. So I think I was in the right place at the right time to push my agenda you know, which was to have a master plan that looked 100% different than any you know, other master plan I'd ever seen and to feel confident and com comfortable, not only standing before council, but standing before anybody in my industry. But beyond this celebrity advocating for the master plan and all of the online engagement efforts and mapping tools that was put together, we saw that Flugerdale did something really cool, something that I've never seen before. I'll let Jason explain what this idea was about. Let's pull a 15 foot wide chalkboard all over the community, which is logged over 120 miles to date. 
to get into every nook and cranny in the community to make sure everyone knows what's going on with the future of parks and recreation and has the opportunity to provide input. That sort of stuff is just really cool and ways to get all over the community. People are always looking to find is ways that people who are not normally connected. Well, by going to the people and in doing it in different and creative and fun, we're really doing it. And we're really having a good time and a fun time doing it within a team. Shane talks about how this trailer really represents an opportunity to reach out to underserved populations and those people that don't typically show up to provide feedback during the master plan process. As we're doing this master plan, I was like, man, it'd be great if we could drive this trailer to a cigar shop that maybe is historically an African-American spot and then drive it to a lake on a Friday night where we have over 60% of our population, the Hispanic population comes out for the free beach and the the free soccer, informal soccer game. How do you reach those people? Well, you got to be where they're at. And honestly, it's it's the most superficial and simple of concepts. When you walk up to that trailer, it just says Parks Matter, but guys, but it puts you in a different mindset. The idea, Shane says, was originally adopted from Candy Chang. Candy lived in New Orleans, and she lived next to an abandoned house that was collecting graffiti. After a sudden passing of someone close to her, she decided to take action. I listened to her TED Talk to explain the reason why she decided to transform this building into a community space. Here is a brief clipping from her session, which was the inspiration for this portable chalkboard that is now traveling all around Pflugerville with the words, Parks Matter Because. So over the past few years, I've tried ways to share more with my neighbors in public space, using simple tools like stickers, stencils, and chalk. So with help from old and new friends, I turned the side of this abandoned house into a giant chalkboard and stenciled it with the fill-in-the-blank sentence, Before I die, I want to... So anyone walking by can pick up a piece of chalk, reflect on their lives, and share their personal aspirations in public space. So this neglected space became a constructive one. Together, we've shown how powerful our public spaces can be if we're given the opportunity to have a voice and share more with one another. Innovation isn't always about creating a brand new idea, but the concept of taking something that was so meaningful about someone's very personal experience and then transforming it as a way of bringing people together around something that they love and enjoy, it just makes sense. And it's something that we were so excited and thrilled to see in the city of Pflugerville. For someone that is so output-driven, we hope that the input, the process of this community engagement really is satisfying and meaningful to both Shane and his team and for everyone in their community. For us at Barry Dunn, the takeaway is really clear, and we'll hear from Jason to wrap this up in a minute. But from my perspective, I was reminded about how different every community is. Some agencies still need and prefer to have a very traditional planning process. And we have people on our team that have been doing this for a very long time that can meet those needs. And we have people who are very young and enthusiastic and who want to take chances and do something different too. So 
it's fun to learn from some of the most experienced people in the field, but also to have some new innovation and some new energy to also make those things come to life. But here is Jason's takeaway about what this really means, not only for the city of Pflugerville, but for where we're headed. I think a big takeaway from this effort in Pflugerville is the opportunity to look at planning differently. I know that there is so much transition and staffing occurring across the nation right now. Many new leaders or new faces in different places as far as where they're at in the organization. I guess I would just encourage folks to be open-minded about how they're working through planning processes. I think Shane and team, and it's really due to their efforts, and this could be in any organization, but in this case, Shane and team are doing things that are very much untraditional and they are meeting the growing needs as far as how people wish to engage and how they're engaging. They're transforming the field and with so many new opportunities with staffing shortages and really the need to look at different ways, more efficient ways of better representing communities and being thoughtful about your future. I think I would recommend that folks reach out to Shane and his team and keep an eye on new ways of doing planning efforts. So in this episode, you heard about Shane's leadership style and how that influences his team to strive for excellence. You also heard about how he's managing his high expectations with the threat of burnout by instilling his staff with pride to be the best. You also heard about creative engagement strategies he's been using with Barry Dunn to look at the master planning process in a whole new way. Now here are Shane's final thoughts and advice about innovation in public parks and recreation. You can make the leap. And if you're waiting until it's somewhat successful in the public sector, you've missed the mark of innovation. You've missed the mark of, of doing anything new. You're just doing it now because it's almost considered safe. It's almost proven that it, it can't fail. So then the challenge to you or your agency is what can you do now before you're ready so that you can be on the leading edge of innovation? That's your takeaway for today. I hope this episode was useful for you. We'd appreciate it if you shared it with your colleagues, your team, your friends, your parents. Who knows who listens to these things? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Becky Dunlap, and until next time, let's talk parks.